Hey, check it out, check it out. Hey, guys, listen up, listen up. Welcome to another episode of the Grown and Save Show. It's yours truly, Dave the DJ, and I got a very, very special treat. That's right, my homie Brian Carroll is in the building. That's right, the educator, the motivator, the teacher, the father, the man, the myth, the legend. It's about to go down. Hey, yo, Brian, I hope you're ready, bro. Where we at? I'm ready, man. How you doing? Ah, it's about to go down. Look, it's been a long time coming, dog. You've been talking a lot of noise. You know. I'm about to... Yeah, it's about to go down. <laughs> nah, nah, but you play football, though. I can't yeah. stand playing basketball with football players, bro. I don't so, play like a football player. Mm, I, I got that finesse game. I'm an athlete, nah, man. I can tell by the form already. Hey, look. Let, let's just... Hey, look. I'm going to take it easy on you because I know okay. you're getting old. The bones yeah. is a little frail. We, you know what I'm saying? Enough. I still got the juice, though. I'm super careful. We about... Uh, I want to hear, hear about Super Carol. Okay. Right, we're going to definitely talk about Super Carol. But right now, man, I ain't going to do you too, too bad. Right. We're just going to play a quick game of horse. Okay. Get loose. Since we're at your home court, bro, I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to be a gentleman. I'm going to let you go ahead and hold okay. it down. Bro. I Let's appreciate that. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do okay. this. Better make it hard, dog. Right here. All right. Ah! He didn't gave me the ball now, man. Look, I told you these football players don't really want it, man. You, <laughs> hey, you used to play arena football, though, right? Arena football, yeah. Before you hit the arena, what school did you go to? I was playing. I was playing football, at Louisiana Tech. But I went to Grambling first. I was a prop forty-eight, and basically, oh. Money time. <laughs> what a Prop 48 is, if you're not qualified academically out of high school, you go there and they let you in the school, you got to get yourself qualified. So I took the hard road Yeah. when I didn't have to. You know what I'm saying? I'll take that P. Uh -oh, that. I'll take that P. I'm that's taking the right. pass from LeBron. Hey, LeBron, give me the ball. Uh. Oh! I gotta pull out my, my guest. Uh, are you ready? Here we go, here we go. Uh. Oh. Uh, what'd you major in though? Uh, I got my degree in sociology. I started figuring out who I was when I got to college. I didn't know who I was, but you know, I got saved when I was a freshman. Yeah. I started getting into that word, and for once, sports wasn't everything to me. Oh God, man, no. I'm hot. I'm on fire. This, this could be the G right here. This could be the G. I talk a lot of noise, but uh, <laughs> you got saved your freshman year in college. What yeah. was life like before that, bro? Walk me through man, that, man. I, like, I didn't. I mean, we went to church on Easter. Okay. You just got saved just now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I lived in a very morally good house, good peoples, but uh, I didn't even know Jesus was God's son. I I didn't really know nothing about it. I just had this this feeling in my spirit, like I didn't want to go to college and wild out. So I was like, man. So when I went to the thing, um, it was like a college ministry. I didn't hesitate. Usually, you know, when you want to get saved, you be nervous about standing up, man. I didn't hesitate one bit. And from there, man, I just took off and got hungry. Oh, I'll take it. I'll take it from here. Oh. Uh. Mm. Uh, that's uh. what I'm talking about, baby. Come on, give me that P. Nice. <laughs> hey, hey, look. They don't call me Super Carol for nothing. Come here. First Stand try. Right here. Put your hands up. Put your hands up. All right, go. All the way up. All the way up. There we go. There we go. 
Let's go! It's getting a little competitive right now. We're gonna get back to the interview in just a minute. You ready? LeBron passing the ball. Oh! Woo! I ain't even hitting nothing on that one. Too I'm a soon. hooper though. You know what I'm saying? I'll just play football. Super curl. Eyes closed. Eyes closed. Oh! I'll take it. Oh! Huh. All right. Here we go. All right. Come on. I can't go out like this. Not on my own show. I know it's home court. He's super Carol, but it's about to go down. Ah! Buzzer oh! Oh! He got the buzzer. He got the buzzer. <laughs> Look, let's get out of here, man. Look, we don't. We don't call it a draw. We don't call it a draw. I don't want to hurt nobody. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to give him the time. We at his home court. I don't want to make him look bad in front of the people. You know so let's go finish this conversation up. Though. Okay. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. All right. All right, man. Look, I, hey, it is what it is. I told you I didn't want to hurt you, dog. You know what I'm saying? I had to, <laughs> I had to leave with the tie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah you, you wasn't ready for me to shoot over my son. Yeah, I'm just, I, yeah. You, you surprised me. You know, that was a deep shot. So I, yeah, I'm like, okay. You know, yeah. I, I told you I had a little range, dog. I had a little range, man. I appreciate <laughs> you for hanging out with me, though, man. Absolutely. I really do. We spent a long time coming, bro. Mm -hmm. Super inspired by your life, by your everything you got going on in the community. Um, dog, I get tired just watching you on social media bro because like you seem incredibly busy you always got your hand in something well they say i don't mind the devil's workshop and when you you know you, you ask god to put things on your plate so when you get it you got to eat yeah you know so it really just you ask for it yeah you ask for it yeah so yeah. man dog, you you've, you've come an incredibly long way bro like mm -hmm. You know, born and clean, Texas, you know what I'm saying? Straight out of the straight out of the Lone Star State. Yeah. Um, by way of Baltimore, Maryland, mm -hmm. back to H Town. Yeah. Um, used to play arena football, went to Grambling State. Dog, I just found this out earlier, dog, and I'm like super, super intrigued. But at one point, you almost got drafted to the MLBs out of high school. Yeah. Like, how did that happen? You know, I've been playing baseball since I was seven. And uh, <clears throat> I was just playing in, you know, in the neighborhood. First year, I had some Air Force Ones. I didn't have no cleats. <laughs> and I'm the little kid from the apartments playing on a team with everybody that got money. And they, they move you up, put you on the travel teams, and elevating, playing on these showcase teams, and just moving and shaking and doing my thing. And uh, man, it got to a point where the word got out about, about me because I batted over 500. Dang. My junior year in high school. And I didn't even know baseball fan like that. I mean, I like baseball, yeah. but yeah, I, I do know that batting over 500 is super dope. Yeah, I batted over 500, led the state in triples, and I was just, I was fast. I was stealing bases, just, you know, but I was just kind of raw with it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the scouts start coming to my games, and uh, I loved it. You know, oh, I was sure. like, man, it's exciting. I got a scout in my game, and, uh, you know, I was hitting the ball well, stealing bases. I kind of like matured, grew into myself. My arm got strong, and um, things were looking good. I was getting invited to the pro tryouts, and I was, you know, I ran a good sixty. I hit pretty well. All this in high school, though. Yeah, this is like my senior not, year. We're not talking about college. We're talking mm -hmm. about high school. Senior year. Yeah, man, ran a good sixty. I ran a six seven in the sixty, and you don't start no stance. You start sideways. Mm. You know, so which makes sense because like if you're yeah, still in the base, like you're still in the base. You know, and that ran doing pretty well on um, with the running and just delivering man when I was playing and uh it was it was a great experience I wish I had a better understanding like I understand now about how big it was mm. 
To me, I'm just looking at it like, oh, shit, I'm going to a pro trial. But yeah. I didn't understand the magnitude. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'm about to go to the mall real quick. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> like, I didn't understand the no, magnitude. No, bro, like, yeah, there's I, money I involved in this. Yeah, so, for real. Uh, most kids dream about going to the MLBs. But, okay, so what happened, though? You got the, the draft, the potential of playing, a, you know, uh, pro baseball. Mm -hmm. Like, what happened? Because uh, I kind of got burnt out my senior year. You know, football... I, I, I grew in football as well. Mm -hmm. So I was the first team all state, led the state in interceptions. I was number one DB in the state of Maryland in football that year. So I'm getting off of Virginia Tech, South Carolina, NC State, you know, these major schools. Um, so it's like that Friday Night Lights. Uh, that was exciting. Especially in Texas. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, and and, and I, I loved it in Maryland, so I can only imagine how it would have been in, in Texas. But looking on ESPN, watching football and then watching the College World Series was dope, but it was like, Nah, I'd rather play football. So it was like baseball was cool, but yeah. football was like your first love. Yeah. I got well, you. you know, baseball was actually always my favorite until my senior year. I got burnt out. I played on a showcase team. We traveled all around the East Coast. Um, and we played three games a week and double hitters every Saturday from the spring all the way through the summer. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, and I didn't understand the magnitude. I wish I'd have had somebody in my life that would have understood the power to say, hey, look, you can still go play pro ball and go to college afterwards like yeah. you, you'll still get your opportunity to go play football later but i wish i'd at least kind of dipped in there and seen what it had been like you know and elevated through yeah, that you kind of i guess like used it as your your platform to launch into football yeah like you could have still taken advantage mm -hmm. and then used it to to like le leverage that opportunity if you will absolutely to get you to where you were going that's what a number of guys did mm -hmm. but then i got into college started playing football and people got to understand uh when you get to the college level, it's a business uh, in every sport. Even though you ain't getting paid. <laughs> yeah, you ain't getting paid, but it's a, it is it is a business, like yeah. all the way. And you start going through the trials and the tribulations of college sports, playing at the Division One level. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was so, Demon, what school did you go to? I was at um, Grambling State first as a prop because I didn't qualify. So I had to go there, get qualified, go through these different loops. You know what I'm saying? Then I was eligible as a freshman um, to play, and then I ended up transferring over to Louisiana Tech. Dope, 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 dope. So what? I mean, all right. So NFL, like those were the, that was the goal. Absolutely. What happened? Man, you know, I you know I had a little situation <laughs> at, at Grambling. <laughs> you know, a little little situation. <laughs> a little situation. Uh, I was actually physically assaulted by a coach, um, and it turned to something pretty big where it was like lawsuits. I mean, I had like big time lawyers calling me to work pro bono, like. Mm big time people, you know, yeah. um, it was very uncomfortable oh, because yeah. I just wanted to live a normal college life. And you know, the way everything happened, I was just like, you go from living a normal college life, playing football, sitting in your dorm room, like, yo, I just caught a couple passes on ESPN. I'm going to the league. I got three more years of this. Like, like I tell you, you see me on ESPN, y'all better yeah. watch out. Like I'm, I'm, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like it's going down. My first college game, I caught a few passes on ESPN. It's like, Yo, my, my dreams is coming true. Oh, like, this, sure. it's about to go down. Um, we're going through the week four. Everything is going pretty cool. Uh, my freshman year and, you know, week four, boom. Uh, physically assaulted by the coach. I mean, to the point where, you know, I had to go to the hospital. You know, you know what I'm saying? I had a seizure. Mm. Um, and everything changed, man. I just wanted to live a normal college life. I was very uncomfortable. Um, with how things went, I didn't know how to navigate through that situation. I kind of just wanted to be gone. That was the same time, yeah. like doing, like Marvis Claret was having all this stuff with Ohio State, mm -hmm. and I didn't want to be on ESPN for all of that stuff. Not say I was as big as him. I'd rather be but, on ESPN for my talent. Exactly. You know? And I just want to live a normal college life. And um, so when I thought about transferring, 
I think about going back home, University of Maryland or something like that. But I was like, man, I, I just got saved. And I promise you, for once, sports was not everything to me. Mm. And I could not leave that spiritual covering. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't leave. So I, Louisiana Tech was right up the street. So I said, bet, I'm going to go to Tech. You know, I said, they D1, they out of conference games in Miami. I'm talking about Sean Taylor, Ancho Rowe. Oh, for sure. Miami. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I'm yeah, talking yeah. about back then Miami. Um, we playing Auburn, Tennessee, all these big schools in uh, at our out of conference games, and we still got a Division One schedule. So I'm like, bet I go there. Well, um, you know, little did I know, you know, the game of how college football goes and what you get yourself into by transferring to a school five minutes up the street in the midst of everything that was going. So basically, yeah. it was like, yo, you got to drop the charges. So what you're saying is, because I've heard you say this a couple of times, it's mm. almost like, man, I didn't have the guidance. That I, I needed at the time mm. to kind of help me navigate through this sticky situation, right? Yeah. You said, man, college ball is more than just playing ball. It's a, it's a game. It's a system. It's politics involved. Yeah. And then, dog, what what you, what you went through, even though it was over, yeah. it wasn't over. Yeah, like it still followed you mm -hmm. to the next school. You got a reputation. Mm. Yeah, so even though it wasn't your fault. Absolutely, not at all. And I um. You know, before I even came, I'm thinking, man, I was more highly recruited than the guys at this school. So I'm, I'm going to go here. We done 707 against them. I'm good. Like, I'm about to come in here. I'm going to do my thing. If it's may the best man win, let's go complete. Yeah, yeah. Let's go compete, right? Um, they said I had to drop the charges before I came. So I was like, bet. Against my mom's best wishes, against mm. my family, everybody's like, boy, you better not do that. But you know, you 18, you think you know what you want to do. I had no idea the big picture. I didn't have a, you know, um, I'll say the proper guidance in a sense where, because you know, yeah, there was some guidance. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because mama know best, but when it comes to sports, you like, just, who, who listens to their mama for real? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, who if they listen to their mama? You know what I'm saying? So they just wanted to play ball. I love you, mama, but uh, yeah, I wasn't <laughs> listening to my mama, and uh, ended up dropping those charges, man. And I just, you know, it was like a downward spiral. Mm. Now, it, it it helped me to realize what I was made of mm. because uh, I remember the first time I came to a meeting at Tech. And they showed a highlight video, and it was this running back, Ron Most, dude, coldest running back I've ever seen. The truth. Um, I was like, damn, it's a team. It's only this one dude. Then they gave a dude a scout team award. And I was laughing. I was like, this dude on scout team. He's, that's trash. Like, literally, I know that I'd be getting that award every yeah. year after that. Every year. Okay. Humble. But I never stopped working hard, never stopped going to practice. And, you know, whenever it's my opportunity, I went in and dominated. So when I did get my opportunity to go in the game, when I got in there, I dominated. Scored touchdowns, balled out, you know. Um, but sometimes we get so stuck on what we don't want. Yeah, yeah. And, and your perspective uh, drives performance. Mm -hmm. So now you can't even walk in who you are because you're so affected by, what you, by your feelings. Because mm -hmm. you're not really true to who you say you are. You know what I'm saying? Man, you know, when, when you're it's not like that counterfeit passion. Yeah. Say that again? That counterfeit passion. Ooh. Like they, they talk, I'm a baller, I'm a, I'm a hooper, I'm a football player, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. And because things don't serve you how you want them in that situation, you're not going to give your all. Exactly. And you're not prepared mentally or physically. And uh, I, one time I got in practice and messed up and they said, that's why you're not in. I said, they'll never be able to say that to me. Never again. It's almost like oh, yeah. that Michael Jordan mentality. Dog. You, ever, <laughs> you, you always hear stories about Mike coming in, killing it. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, somebody like awakens the beast, right? They, yeah. they either talk trash to Mike, yeah. and then after that, it was over. It was like down. Mike was tearing them up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All day. But I feel you though, that counterfeit passion is real, bro. Like even today, like we experienced like heavy opposition. We had one thing planned, we had this going on. Yeah. 
you know, and I, dog, I, I wanted to throw in the towel. Like, I really did. I was like, man, you know what? This isn't what we planned. And I was ready to just be like, hey, you know, call it off or we'll reschedule for later. But I'm so passionate about this. I'm so passionate about telling these stories that I was like, you know what? Like, I don't care if we have to stand outside with a camera and an iPhone, yeah. which DJ wouldn't let us get away, you know, with no <laughs> iPhone. But if that's all we had yeah. to tell this story, bro, like, I, like, like I was going to make it happen. No yeah. amount of opposition was going to prevent us from being able to make this work, dog, mm -hmm. because your, your story from... I'm gonna let you keep going. I'm gonna let you keep going. <laughs> but yeah, man, I feel you, dog. I feel you. So then after that, dog, you you you're you're at Louisiana Tech. Yeah. And you're killing it. You're doing your thing. Like, what happens next, bro? Because um, I see NFL coming. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm 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 that's 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 what I'm passionate about. That's what I want. Um, it's getting to the point where I'm starting to get reps. My mm -hmm. first year there, I didn't really get too many reps. So yeah, I go dominate in the sprint. Go get about 130 yards in the touchdown in the spring game. Uh, but then, you know, still third string. But this this how God ministering to me, right? It's a freshman. He's from Houston. Still cool to this day. He come in. He see me doing two-a-days, helping him out. He see me in the summer helping him out, um, giving him the game. But then on the depth chart, he in front of me. He looked uncomfortable. I said, man, I still got you. It was a bigger purpose between every single thing I was doing. Yeah. Most dudes who went through a piece of what I went through folded. They quit. They didn't graduate. I knew at the end of the day, I'm here to go to school. You know, and it's a reason why God had me in Ruston, Louisiana. Come on. It's a reason why I was in Ruston. And I'm not going to let my emotions about how I feel about football in this moment mess up purpose. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and it's easier said than done. After the games, I walked for an hour and just talked to God. Hmm. Because on. when you want something so bad and somebody's taking something away from you or you're not getting it, that's a very depression. I mean, depressing and um, that's hurtful. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, for real, for real. You know. So you said, you said there was a reason. You were in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. What was that reason? Man, to uh, to learn how to be a servant, um, to, to get to get saved, to get that foundation, learn how to be a servant. To this day, it's grown adults in Houston right now that I worked with. They were middle schoolers from a mentoring program. I saw that movie on the Disney Channel about the guy at Clemson. We played yeah. against Clemson at that time. We had custody of his brother. Me and my roommate had custody of a kid. A mentoring program, we had two twins. And they didn't need us as much, but their friend that came over, the first day they came over, we roasted them. We used to roast everybody out. We roasted them so that he left. It's only right. You he know left. what I'm saying? He came back and he stopped being in our house every day. But his mother was struggling with drugs. And um, she had like a condition mm -hmm. where, you know, health-wise, it was just bad. Yeah. So, and the house was like a haunted house they lived in. Mm -hmm. The trailer. So, he, we just went with him to support him at, at, um, at court. Against our coaches, which we had to mispractice. You know, the judge gave us custody. No lie, man. We had custody. Doc, so hold on, hold on, hold on. So you mean you get custody of how old was the kid? He was 15. 15. They give these we college 20. kids we 20, 21. custody of a 15-year-old. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and how did that, like, bro, I, I had no idea. But how did that yeah. not just happen, but how did that unfold? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, whew. I, they obviously had to see something special in you guys to give you custody of a whole other human, a teenager at that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I was, I was always wondering, like, where does my passion to want to help kids? My yeah. heart gets happy. You know how to educate. My heart gets happy when I walk into school. Elementary, yeah. middle, high school. Like, but uh, it's because of the wounds I had from my dad not being there. Mm -hmm. And I subconsciously did not want anybody else to feel that way. So I made it my business to make them feel safe, secure, and loved, right? So we got the mentoring program. They just at our house. We used to clown, go play catch with them, hang out, cook on the grill, stuff like that. But he ended up being every day. To the point where he was sleeping all the time. We had to give him clothes and stuff. We was feeding him. And I'm like, you know, this dude's literally here all the time. 
and we just went to court to take him there. We was his ride. We wanted yeah. to support him. When you're like, in a little town, home with no kid. <laughs> when you're when you're in a little town, you know the officers, the judges, everybody sees you as when you're the football players in the little town. They see you as somebody like, oh, okay. Yeah. So they was like, oh man, these young men right here, these football players from there, these are great young men. And um, they literally just, she said, well, we're gonna give you temporary custody. And we literally, he lived with us for a few more months. Man, changing lives even before mm -hmm. you were able to, you know, graduate from, from college. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely, clearly see the reason why. So fast forward a little bit, because mm -hmm. you, you get into something that I really yeah. want to like, like, like zero in on. Okay. Um, NFL, did it happen? Did it not happen? I mean, I know the answer, but like, yeah. what, like, how does yeah, the story? I, I how does played, that story, you know, come to a close? I won three Super Bowls. Man. No, I'm just playing. Prince of Pro Bowl. What you mean, Prince dog? Pro Bowl, man. <laughs> um, I missed my pro day. Broke my ankle. Oh, yeah, doing something I wasn't supposed to do. Come on. Broke my ankle, man. Missed my Pro Bowl. God taught me a big lesson about humility, right there. Um, get out, uh, training, man. Trying to get on. But that's how I got to Houston. Yeah, yeah. So I go back to uh, Baltimore. I'm training, trying to stay in shape, calling teams, trying to see what's up. Somebody hit, they hit me in Houston like, hey, you got a two-day workout. You got two days to make the team. And um, you know, I packed a one-way ticket, and I've been here ever since. So they, they, there you have it, bro. Like your NFL dreams that you've had, like the sights since you were a kid, mm -hmm. like over an ankle injury, are like now slowly. I mean, it's like, a number of different barriers. Like I still hadn't given up then. I'm, I'm only 21 at this point. Yeah, yeah. So I get my, at this point, I'm about 22 now. Mm -hmm. I get that one way ticket to Houston. Hold on, hold on, hold on, back up though, back up. Most people would give up though. Yeah, like I, I miss my up. pro day. Like you usually don't get a second shot. You know what I'm saying? Or, or or anything like that. You hurt yourself. It's hard to come back from that. Not to mention there's millions and millions of other kids that are trying to to, to get there. But what I'm hearing is like it's like all right, bet, like like it's still not over. I know. I ain't really stopped till I was I, I didn't really say I'm a chill until I became a dad. It's something about them kids. Yeah. Like, so I had that one way ticket, came out to Houston, played arena ball. I'm balling. I'm number eight receiving the league, leading my team in touchdowns, yards and catches. I'm balling, you know, I'm doing my thing. Um, but I didn't understand the business side. That's why I, I made athletic intelligence. Cause looking at it in hindsight, mm. I'm going to workouts with 300 people, yeah. running a good 40, catching a the ball. They just making money. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You gotta have the right representation. It's like, it's like business. You gotta be able to market yourself. You gotta be very strategic about how you do that and where you do that at. Yeah. I had no idea. I'm just kind of out there, just staying in shape, working out. Doing this thing, I hadn't that I hadn't even had the hernia injuries yet. Man, you know what I'm saying? I'm just working. hoping something good would come out of it because I'm good, basically. Yeah. And just hoping that that opportunity would work out. But you know, God had different plans, and it seemed like every time a really good opportunity would present itself, I, you know, something would happen. <laughs> I promise you, bro. It seemed like something like you know, I went to a workout, ran a really good forty. Told you I was in some penny hardaways. I ran a I ran a low four or five and some pennies. That's pretty good, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, some pennies, dog. Like, you supposed to have on some cleats, dog. You, you, you got the wrong sport, bro. Like, you, you show up to your football trials <laughs> in some basketball shoes, dog. Because I thought we was going to be on the, like, the, the grass stuff. They had us on turf. Yeah. So I wasn't prepared. Uh, don't knock the pennies, though. Yeah. Like, don't knock. I had, I had some pennies, too, bro. Like, and I <laughs> can't never sleep on the pennies, dog. I ran like a low four or five, and the, and the guy came over to me and said, man, you did a really good job, but, you know, they're looking for that four or four, you know? Work on your explosiveness. Come back in three months to have another workout out here in Dallas. I said, bet. I'm over here squatting through the heavyweight, not warming up. 
because I didn't know how to take care of my body. When you naturally athletic and you got your six, you know, you think your six pack, I ain't never work on my core or nothing like that. I just worked hard, but I didn't always work smart. Mm. Had a little strain that turned into me not being able to run for like 10 months. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't yeah. hardly sit down, couldn't hardly walk. It was, it was bad. I didn't have insurance at the time. I'm living that free agent life. Or the guy who put all his bags and trying to play ball, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. didn't really focus academically or from a plan standpoint on yeah. who he was and what he could do to, to you know, matriculate to the next level. So I'm, life just hard. Bro, there there's so many stories of uh, folks who are aware of their gifts and their talents at an early age, mm-hmm. and it's almost scary because it's so much responsibility. But like you said, you're like, hey, I was just naturally talented. I was always in shape. I didn't feel like I had to work. You know what I'm saying? It kind of happened to me a little bit. Like I, I came into to wealth early. Yep. Like I don't want to say accidentally, mm-hmm. but I took a, a class like project and mm-hmm. turned it into a multiple million dollar business. Wow! And while I was in college, like can you imagine a young kid like that yeah. just like like oh yeah man I, yeah, I can conquer the world like I can't make no mistake. Oh, but oh, once that first sign of like you know recession hits or yeah. you start to be like you start to get told no more and you're like wait a minute I'm not used to this. I'm used yeah. to success. I'm used mm-hmm. to to winning all the time i'm not used to taking l's and i ain't know how to respond yeah you know what i'm saying it sounds like even the same thing physically when you're just used to always being in shape always being like ready and you know what i'm saying and in tip-top physique it's like you wake up and you can't run i ain't gotta warm up yeah you know what i'm saying i ain't gotta i ain't gotta do the extra the extra mile because you know i already got it it's almost like when you come from 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 nothing Mm -hmm. like you you have that extra like oomph to to get you there and it's also kind of it was like ignorance you know um sometimes you don't know what you don't know Mm -hmm. so if i've never experienced a hamstring injury or never experienced what is the effects of not warming up i don't know how necessary warming up was it's mm. like it was just theory to me. Yeah. Man, you better warm the muscles up, man. I'm good. I yeah. go out here. I can dunk. I ain't got to warm up. I got my backpack on. I ain't even take my, you know what I'm saying? I got my dress yeah. shoes on. I can still do this. I don't need to practice. I don't need to rehearse. I, I you know? just come out there. So get don't, don't get it twisted, though. I was an extremely hard worker. Yeah. I just didn't work smart. Ooh, never worked on. my core. Never did uh, yoga. Didn't ice. Mm-hmm. Didn't really do treatment. I, I, you know, my body was just—I was a machine. Yeah. But I worked that machine. I didn't get my oil changes. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Come so on, work that machine like to the man. ground. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm speaking of that. I need to go get my oil changed. <laughs> <laughs> you have a blown head gasket. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I, gotta I, do the think I need an alignment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, no. But that's crazy, man. So, well, tell me now, as an adult, mm-hmm. as a father, you know, you got a baby girl, um, and as now, as an educator. Um, how do you take that same mentality or that that lesson and apply it to to being successful as an educator now? Well, what I tell people is, man, everything you learn in sports is is the is really the key to life. You know, one thing about athletes, I always say, athletes not smart. Athletes are geniuses. Come on, we got to make these split decisions in uh, tenths and hundreds of a second. And if you don't, you're gonna get your head knocked off. I was a pump returner. You know what I'm saying? I gotta yeah. make quickly. I gotta. I gotta be able to track the ball, catch the ball, make you miss, and still protect myself and follow the plan of whether I gotta go left or right. Because the coach, that's what's, where the blocks are set up. Yeah. At. Or as a quarterback, you dropping back. You gotta read the defense. Audibles. That's the same thing you gotta do in life. That's the reason why I didn't play football. But the problem is, <laughs> it's like, you know the problem is, in school they want you to sit down and shut up while they teach you. And as athletes, we learn by doing. Yeah. Most people. I know my learning style now. So in life, you know, in, in sports, 
we, we go through things over and over, repetitive. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We do it in slow motion. We do it in fast motion. Then we walk through it and we do it and do it and do it until you get it ingrained into yourself. You know, guess what? You losing in the first quarter, you still got the second quarter. Mm. Then you got the third quarter. Yeah. Then you get to regroup. Then you get to make audibles when something ain't right. And, and, but in life, it's like we give up. Darn. People don't have resilience. The two biggest determining factors on human beings being successful is exposure mm-hmm. and resilience. Come on. And, and, and what I've learned through sports and through just that natural insatiable desire to not fail mm-hmm. is that I'm going to keep coming. Come I may on. not know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to show up. Show up. I'm going to come to class. I might fall asleep, but I'm going to wake up and I'm going to come to the next class. I'm going to be there. I'm, I'm going to be, be there. in the building. You know and what I'm going to be on time. You know and what I'm saying? That's my motto. And that's what I would tell the guys. And, and when you do that. You gain knowledge and you gain understanding on what it takes because the biggest problem with all these athletes, we're losing all these athletes who can be fathers yeah. and husbands in life and, and being productive citizens mm-hmm. because they put all everything, they marginalize themselves. Yeah. You have less than a 1% chance of going to the league. I'm not trying to discourage them from going to the league. Sure. Try yeah. to go, bust your tail, but use your resources and don't spend so much time on just like get your mind outside of just being an athlete. Oh. Use that same resilience and grit that you got on that never give up. Let's go, y'all. We ain't about to let them. You that life. Cause you ain't reading on grade level, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you 18 and you reading on the sixth grade read level. You need to have that same energy when you, you read that saying? paper than when you're doing the basketball court. Like, we man. going there. Man, shoot a couple months. You come in here on a Saturday, you'll see two, three hundred guys in here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, how many people have a plan though? How yeah. many people are even real with themselves from a humility standpoint? You know, I ain't D1. I was blessed enough to play D1. But some guys ain't D1. Yeah. You D2, you, you D3, got- you NAI. But guess what? You still going to school, you getting a play. Mm-hmm. Like, it's about understanding how to navigate that, that situation. Yeah. And, and dog, being completely honest with yourself. Yeah. Like, that's probably, you said something too. Like, a lot of boys ain't D1, but they don't want to admit it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I was I was smart enough to know that I wasn't the best basketball player in my community. You know what I'm saying? You could go play somewhere. I could, yeah. Yeah. I knew my strength. I knew that I wasn't finna dunk on nobody. So I ain't got no sense being in the key. Yeah. But I know that you you gonna have to guard me from half court. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that that's that's my sweet spot. Yeah. But you throw me into the key, like nah, I'm getting thrown around like a little (laughs) rag doll. Like, no, it ain't finna happen like that. That's why I didn't play football. You know what I'm saying? I gotta be honest with myself. And I man, dog, like it's it's something that a lot of people don't have, that self-awareness piece, bro. But I see you impacting and making a major difference in the lives of young people mm. as an educator. I see you taking that same grit and turning it into a nonprofit. Yeah. I see you taking that same grind and investing into your, your daughter mm. as a father. Oh, Even yeah. in the, there's some adversity there as well. Yeah, you absolutely. know what I'm saying? Is that what Super Carol is all about? It's crazy, man. I was working at a school across the street from here. Um, my second year teaching. I was in a self-contained behavior class. I'm certified in special education. You had to be labeled emotionally disturbed or bipolar to be in the class. So, to say the least, the class was off the chains. God saw fit to have me in that class because I didn't want to be in that class. I was a co-teacher. They knew that I did well, pretty well with discipline, so I had to sub in there a couple of times when the other guy was out. Mm-hmm. Man, it was off the chains, man. There was kids in there from group home, just a lot of dysfunctional, trauma, traumatic situations. And it was off the chain. Like, they would fight, they would bite. Dang. Middle school, it was off the chains. Um, bring weapons to school, and I protected them, the two mm-hmm. uh, teacher's aides. And every day I would come, man, I would listen to ET videos with come the on. kids. Come on, ET. And I would pour out my heart. Yeah. Like, 
y'all better than y'all. Cause I used to work at the group home where like three of the kids in the class was living at. And I mean, these kids, like it's normalized. You've been molested. Mm -hmm. That's normalized in there in, in, in these homes. Man, and I used to just pour out my heart. We listen to ET videos and I just start breaking down and pour out my heart. And every day, um, they would come in. There, He's here to protect us. Super Carol, Super Carol. That's what the two teachers' aides would say. And they were so supportive. They were so loving. Um, God-fearing women. And uh, that's how Super Carol was born. Because I wanted to inspire the kids that you're super, not because... Because all superheroes don't wear capes. Come on. You ain't walking around, like, doing some beating up bad guys. But, you're, you know, you're beating your flesh. In a sense where, like, you're being honest. Like when I say line up, just line up. Don't stop. You don't steal no more. You're not cussing teachers out. And I told everybody to put super in front of your name. Because them kids right there, they was off the chain. They are trying to fight anybody. <laughs> Listen. Yo, it, you ain't got to tell it me, went though. down in the behavior class, bro. <laughs> but that's where Supercurl was born. Like, you're super if you do these things. Yeah. And that's how I started writing the books. Because I want them to see somebody that they can reach out and touch. Um, something that was practical to help them with basic lessons in the classroom with somebody that looked like them that they know. Because I, I never saw myself writing a book. Yeah, you know bro, I got mean? twins. Uh, most people know that I have twins. And super sharing made it incredibly easy for me to teach them how to share. <laughs> now, now, practically speaking, we still got a lot to work on. You know what I'm saying? Like, them, they, they, I still got to buy them two everything. They, yeah. they, they, they almost there. They yeah. almost there. I got to read it a few more times. Yeah. But the sharing part, dog, because tell me a little bit about super sharing. Because Super Carol turned into a book yeah. and a whole movement. Yeah. Super Shine is about not recycling your pain. I ain't have all the toys when I was little. I used to want all the Ninja Turtle toys. Oh, yeah, for sure. The Hulk Hogan and all that stuff, but I ain't never had it. It was this dude named Jeffrey. Man, Jeffrey used to have all the toys. Uh -huh. So what I would do is come to school every, every, every day. Everybody, everybody neighborhood had a Jeffrey. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Look, look. Every day I come to school, it was in first grade, I'd be like, Jeffrey, man, I promise you, bro, I'm going to bring you a dollar tomorrow if you give me this toy. And that's before my character got good. You know, I was lying because I ain't never bring him a dollar. <laughs> And one time my dad gave me a little fake silver and gold watch and I uh -huh. traded him for the Hulk Hogan and you know the little panda uh -huh. that was on Ninja Turtles, the yeah, little yeah. samurai oh, yeah, panda for sure, guy. For sure. So I traded him for the Hulk Hogan and the panda. I gave him them two watches. But, you know, I was trying to get the toys. But I knew how it felt to not have toys. Nah. I knew how it felt to be left out because you ain't had a cool clothes or something like that. But what helped me to become a better person and to build community and friendships is when I got stuff, I ain't act just like them because I knew how it felt. Mm -hmm. You know, so all I did was that empathy. I didn't even understand the word empathy, but yeah, I knew what it, that, it resonated what it felt like. Mm -hmm. So when I started writing the book, I just started talking about basic experiences that I had when I was a kid. And that's a true story. See, I ain't know it was a true you know, story. They played me. They, we was hoping, you know, I was doing my thing. You know what I'm saying? They ain't want to play with me no more. I was salty. <laughs> I went and fussed at my parents, my mom, and my mom was mad because her hand looked good in the book. You know what I'm saying? Ah, uh, man, come on. Yeah. You know you had to do mom a little bit better <laughs> So they finally get me a toy. You know when you little, you, you get a new toy, it's going to be mine forever. I'm going to love this forever. No, you know, after about a week or two, you're going to be good on it. Mm -hmm. But break. when the opportunity, when they seen I had a new toy, they was like, oh, bet. Brian official. We about to go play with Brian. At first, I was like, nah, move around. I ain't fooling with y'all like that. But I was like, dang. And then my mama, she was like, nah, you can't act like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then so she sat me down. And she talked to me because much more is caught than taught. A lot of times parents don't talk to their kids. And what's not transformed is transferred. 
Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Hold, so, hold on, hold on. Say that one, one more time, what's, though. That was, what's not transformed will be transferred. So if you don't grow through it, then you're going to transfer them same bad habits. You trifling, your kid's going to be trifling. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So most parents be like, don't play with them kids. That's why my kid, no, I'm just playing. I'm just, I'm just playing. That's what it happened. It makes sense now, dog. Like, no, don't I'm just trying. Trying. I got to get it together, y'all. I got to get it together. It's a process, man. We growing. Uh, nah, man. But no, but the book is dope, bro. I'm, I swear. It really has helped me to create not even so much conversations because, you know, when with the twins, they're four. There's only so much like deep conversations you can have with a four year old. Yeah. Cool part about it is and they don't even notice. I give them stuff with the intention of taking it away. Like I, think, oh, I gotta man, have bro. like incentives and motivation. You know what I'm saying? Because like <laughs> my mom, when I first got 16, got the, uh, a car. Mm. Anything that happened, I'm gonna take your car keys. I was like, no, I don't even want the keys no more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Discipline, bro. Yeah. This is the, it, it's the uh, like the best incentives ever. The yeah. best incentives ever. So anyway, man, the book is super dope. It's helped uh, me to begin to have those like those, just those teachable moments, even with my four year olds, bro. So um, you got the book, you got the nonprofit, making a difference in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I got to talk about one more thing before we go, all right? Okay. Because, you know, we, we've talked about all the honorable, yeah. like, character stuff. Mm-hmm. But you're smooth, dude. You clean, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're a handsome young man. You know what I'm talking about? Um, you, you, I don't see a ring on the finger, you know, still single. You, you were just a part of this show mm-hmm. called Ready to Love. Mm-hmm. Like, how in the heck did that happen? And, like, real quick, like, what yeah. was that experience like? And then I got one more question for you after okay. that. Okay. <laughs> Um, so ready to love, man. Somebody hit me up on Facebook and I was like, man, I ain't never been on no dating app. I ain't about to do no dating show. But I was like, and I talked to my sister about it. She was like, yo, it's a great experience. You know what I'm saying? You meet somebody. Yo, if you don't, that's an experience. You'll never be able to like, somebody can never take that away from you. Like mm-hmm. it was a great experience, you know? So I ended up going through the different levels and they picked me. I was just being myself, talking about baby super Carol and just... Just being the goofy, fun-loving myself that I am, you know. Um, they picked me. Uh, it was a great experience. I had a lot of fun. Uh, it was definitely one to be present in the moment. It was, it was emotionally draining at times because it was oh, like, yeah. yo, woo. I mean, everything is right here. Got yeah, kind of redundant yeah. at times. Then it's like you, you with somebody, you don't know what they're saying when they're not around you and stuff like that. It was a lot of moving pieces. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a lot of moving pieces that was going on. But, you know, ultimately, I had a good time. Um, mm-hmm. And I learned a lot. You know yeah, what I'm saying yeah. about show business. Okay, I was gonna I was gonna ask you like, did you take anything away from that experience? Because clearly you didn't take away a mate. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like you didn't get that. But I was nah. wondering, did you were you able to take anything away? You know your knowledge of the entertainment business. Reality TV isn't so so reality, is it? It ain't reality. No, it ain't reality. <laughs> you know what no, it's not reality TV. It's business. All right, we're gonna leave it at that, bro. We're gonna leave it at that. But man, yeah. as as a um, you know, an adult male, a single male, mm-hmm. uh, um, a Christian, a believer, like, uh, man, the single life, mm-hmm. like, how's that, how's that working out for you? Man, uh, well, when you're a parent um, and when you're really in tune mm-hmm. um, with God, I think it, it helps when you know who you are and who you are, Come on. you can be that much more intentional. So back when I was being a little thought, you know, just kind of being young, wild and free, I didn't have these different criteria. I was like, okay, she fine. I mean, I ain't thinking about that was the it. That was the that yeah, was the, cool. the factor. Yeah, she fine. She, we about to have some fun. But now, you know, being a father, 
desiring to be married um, and to have a family and thinking about legacy and being mature about how I move, it, it it's a lot harder. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you, I want somebody who enjoys the day-to-day -day things of being a wife. Yeah. And the day-to-day -day things of being a mother. You know what I'm saying? And those things are important to me. Conflict resolution. You know what I'm saying? What mm. are your core values? How do you feel about marriage? How do you feel about parenting? How do you feel about God? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Do you just like you, you you in a Bible belt and you just it's Sunday type stuff, or is it like as for this house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, can we pray together? You know, how you act you even sound to me when you mad at me? Are you patient? Are you kind? Do you hold a record of wrong? Like, are we gonna be on some first Corinthians 13 working towards that? Or are we gonna be on some you know, you're going to go on Facebook every time you get mad at me or something like that. Like, because I don't want that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, it's got to be tough. It's got to be tough, bro, out there, out there in these single streets, dog. Like, hey, no. <laughs> have you ever gone to the mall with your daughter and used her to help you, <laughs> to help you break the ice? With <laughs> I, you don't saying, get, come on now. Like, you got to be right. Really, little baby Super Carol is is the best wingman I ever need. <laughs> I'm saying that. Look, man, really. But you know what, though? She used to, when I when she was like one, yeah. my partners, like her little uncles and stuff mm -hmm. like that, it was the, the male energy. She was cool. Women, she was side-eyeing. Yeah. Unless yeah. you had like a super pure spirit. Cool. Anybody else, she was side-eyeing. But now she enjoys the more feminine energy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So she she likes that, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, she she definitely, you know, yeah, I feel you. Well, well, what what are you? Anytime I post you know, a video. just in case, just in case somebody out there is watching, like, what are some of those criteria? You don't have to give me the long laundry list. Give me like, like what's your top three criteria that you're looking for if love does happen to kind of like yeah. pass by? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, I would definitely say somebody with a like a sweet godly spirit, mm -hmm. because you know, working in education and, and just on. working with kids, I can't stand somebody who mean spirited and impatient. I can't stand that. Because that's how you're going to be with me. Yeah. That's how you're going to be with the kids. And we're not having that. Yeah. We're not having that. You know, so I like somebody that's sweet. You know what I'm saying? That's just a loving, patient person. Somebody who's honest. A growth mindset. Because, uh, you know, we may not be where we want to be, but you at least got the mindset to, like, let's continue to elevate. And the humility aspect where you can be checked, mm -hmm. whether it's by me, a friend, a family member, or the Holy Spirit. But you, you're open to it. To understand when you're wrong and, and so we can grow together. Come and somebody on. that's fun. You know, because I'm goofy. I might say yeah, something brilliant, but I might fart right afterwards. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're trying to have some fun. <laughs> you know that don't mind? sound like fun. That sounds funky. I'm just saying. Y'all heard it first. You heard the criteria. You heard the man is still single. So, ladies, if you need to, if you're looking for love, look, all you need to do is dial 1 800. I ain't going to put you, I ain't going to put your business out there. 1 800 Super Carol. <laughs> <laughs> now, but for real though, how can they stay in touch with you? How can people get in touch with you? Find a book, like get involved with your nonprofit. Okay. And um, uh, my website is BrianCarolynAssociates.com. Associates got two S's in it for the people that can't spell. You know, some of y'all can't spell. <laughs> I'm gonna Google um, it. <laughs> my name is Brian Carroll, B R Y N C A R O L L on Facebook. On Instagram is Super Carroll, S U P E R C A R O L L. And um, what's the email? Super Carol One. 
at gmail.com. Yeah, but you so, everywhere though, man. You on IG. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You on Facebook. You you there. I'm on Black Planet. <laughs> Look, he's gonna take it back. Look. My space. My space. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> nah, man, I appreciate you, bro. Before yeah. we go, last question, dog. The grown and save the grown and save movement is taking off like never before. And before you leave, we ask everybody this, man. What does grown and saved mean to you? Like well, the Bible says when I was a child, I acted like a child. I thought like a child, but when I became a man, you know, took it to the next level. So growing and saved is really matriculating and maturing as you grow in Christ. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Now, I ain't saying, you know, some people might be 14 at the same choice as somebody that's 40 because you just got saved. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, operating at the level that's at pace with where you should be because that's between you and God. You know what I'm saying? So just being mature. And, and, and continue to strive, you know, growing and saved. I love it. Well, there you go, guys, growing and saved. That's a wrap. You've heard it here first, man, from beginning to end, from adversity to victory. Look, man, bro, I, bro, I appreciate you for hanging out with me, man. Thanks appreciate your me, story. Man. Appreciate you for inviting us in to your world and letting me kill you on the basketball court. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Already. That's the wrap, guys. We'll see y'all next week.